Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Si, bonjour. Bienvenue a Rock and Roll. Now available on Patreon. And this week, we've got a World Cup special. Ends my butchering of the French language. Joining me as always, a glimmer of hope that the country will finally do the unthinkable and progress past the quarterfinals. But personally, I don't think Portugal are that good. Patricia Vieira, hello. Bonjour. That was a, a terrible attempt at French, but I had to go for it. I was going to commit. I mean, you know, the opportunity say fucking enorm. You, you couldn't have, <laughs> you couldn't have not gone with the French there. Um, I'm trying to get you acclimatized because you're you're due to travel out. Look very soon. Going there very, very soon, yes. And I just got my tickets to the opening game, literally today, literally a couple of hours ago. I'm not at all jealous. I haven't even booked my space on the set yet, so I might be on the phone. <laughs> so we'll dive into a preview of what we think is going to happen at the World Cup. I think we're putting our necks on the line a little bit because... There's a lot of things that could happen to this World Cup. I know it's a World Cup, and technically that's always true. But that's not always true. Always anything can happen at the World Cup, but this one feels like it actually can. Um, yeah. Might. Yeah, like you... normally it's, you know, anything can happen on in a rugby sense, but I feel like actually anything could happen at this World Cup. Like aliens could land on the pitch in the middle of like Namibia, Uruguay, and I wouldn't even be that surprised. Yeah. The only question would be, is are those aliens able to beat Wales in England? And the answer would probably be yes. Definitely. <laughs> we don't know their ability, but we're assuming they're more cohesive having got to another planet <laughs> than fucking Wales in England are. Um, in your final build-up to going to France, how's your week been before we dive into this preview? You know I always like to ask. Yeah, a lot of packing, a lot of, um, you know, trying to make sure that everything that I've been planning meticulously for the last sort of two years has actually been planned right because, you know, I actually have to execute all those plans now. Um, so, yeah, just a lot of really, really boring stuff, actually, to be honest. I'm not really doing anything until I get there. I'm sort of 
making sure that when I get there, everything is going to go as smoothly as possible off the pitch. I I don't plan on being on the pitch personally. Well, you know, the way that it's going with the IRFU offering contracts and Irish players turning them down, it might only be a matter of time before you get the call. It it might it might. Um, I do live in Leinster, so technically that makes me eligible to play women's rugby for Ireland. Um, but I went to university in Limerick, so they don't like those two letters. Yeah, it's 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 a tricky one. We'll see. Uh, at the IRFU, I am available if you need me. <laughs> uh, shall we dive in then to our World Cup preview? Mm-hmm. We'll start. We all good previews should start with Pool A. I was going to start with uh, a quick review of World in Union, but I don't know if there mm-hmm. is one. Is there one? I don't think so. I don't I, think they've done one this year. Was the last one the limit? They were like, we can't fucking, we're not doing this again. Did they not do one in 2019 either, no? Yeah, Paloma Faith. It's fucking terrible. That was 2015. It was 2015, of course it was. Yeah, wasn't there a Japanese like classical type one in... Um... I'm fucking Googling already when we started the preview, yeah? I'll be honest, 2019 feels like a world ago to me. John Klain was an Ireland international in the 2019 World Cup. It's a, it's a different world out there. Last World Cup, no one even knew what COVID was. Mad. Mad no, to think no. how, how close we were to it. Yeah. I watched every game of the last World Cup live because I bet nobody that I could do it. I just decided I was like, I'm going to do this. Nobody cared. Literally nobody gave a shit. And I was just going going around university being like, uh, yeah, sorry, um, I can go to that tutorial, but I'm going to have to watch Wales play Georgia while, it, while it's ongoing. So. I, I'm approaching this World Cup with a very similar attitude, um, but I've got kids to factor in. But, to be fair, yeah. the games are all on in the afternoon this time. The games for us were on at like four o'clock in the morning for that one. Well, I remember that of 2011, Getting up at like mm-hmm. four in the morning to watch Wales. Was it Wales Fiji or Wales Samoa? I know it played Fiji. Um, trying to do coffees with my eyes shut to get through the game. Um, yeah, much fun. Really enjoyed it. It was Fiji, and we won quite heavily. I think that was the early kickoff. Um, Kyle, Wales playing Fiji in a World Cup wouldn't be like. I that. know what a what a retreat that was. Um, Kaio Yoshioka apparently did the the last version. Uh, but ITV used a version recorded by Emily Sandy. So, <laughs> of course, they did. <laughs> they You've piped that shit straight into the dojo. Let's talk about English singers. <laughs> <laughs> She's Scottish. Is she Scottish? Emily I Sandy. So. I think well, so. Well, well, they, 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 every day's a school day. <laughs> Pool A. So, I think the only reasonable question, we have got other questions, but the only important question is surely who tops Pule? Italy. <laughs> there we go. We're straight in. We're diving straight in. I mean, realistically, can we see past France and New Zealand winning this group? I don't think so. Um, and that's not meant to be a slight on any of the other three teams because I think that Italy especially, but also Uruguay to an extent. Italy, I think, are definitely quarterfinal level this year. They're just not quarterfinal level when the other teams in their pool are France and New Zealand. Um, So I do think, yeah, I do think we're looking at, like, you know, not to simplify it too much, but I do think that we are looking at pool A being decided on, you know, Friday night. 
it, it feels that way that the first game is the realistically the only game that actually matters in this pool. I feel yeah. like after that that game finishes, we go okay. Well, we know what this pool is going to look like now, and mm. we know we know who's playing who in, in that quarterfinal at least. Or not who's playing who, but which quarterfinal they've gone into. Mm. Do you think then on the back of you saying Italy, you feel like a quarterfinalist team? If you dropped them into Pool C or Pool D, they might have qualified. I think that they would definitely get out of Pool D. One hundred percent, I would back them to get out of Pool D. Um, I. Pool C, I, I can't say anything about Pool C. It's it, it's too mad. <laughs> I thought you were just going to follow Jose Mourinho. So. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to Pool C, I prefer not to speak. If I speak, I'm in a lot of trouble. Um, I, I, it's a good shot with Pool D, especially if you use them to replace England, because typically like they can't beat England, no matter what they do, how good they are. Yeah. They can't beat I England. mean, England have shown that you know, they they seem to even be waning in terms of their powers of always bullying teams who should probably beat them. You know, if if last weekend's if their last warm up game is anything to go by, so yeah. But I do think that Italy, Italy and Scotland, um, who will obviously come on to with Pool B, I feel like really just got sort of the shittest of the shit ends of the draw, um, because by right, like they're both good enough to certainly properly challenge for quarterfinal places or even you know further than that and it's not a reflection on either of them that they've been put into the pools that they're in I don't think yeah I, I completely agree with you like whether they would escape pool C or pool D I don't know but you feel like they would be competitive at the very least which yeah. by being in pool A it's like sorry that's <laughs> yeah it's... It, it, it's France and New Zealand I hate like I hate to I hate to be so you know Route one about it, and so like it's it does seem dismissive. Of course, Italy can beat France. You know they were score away from doing so in this year's Six Nations, and you know things like that. But it it does seem a little bit, especially with Pule, like you yeah, know, that's France yeah. and New Zealand. That first game feels a bit like Alien versus Predator. Like no matter who wins, Italy wins. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So we can't see Italy spring in any real surprises. Do we think they're nailed on for the third spot, though? Or can Uruguay sneak in there and get that automatic qualification place for the I think that I think Italy Uruguay is going to be. I'm actually I'm going to that game as well, actually. Um I think <laughs> that's happening a lot so this podcast, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm going to that. I'm I try to make it my goal to see as many of the pool, the teams as possible um throughout the tournament. I wanted to see as many of the 20 as I could, and I think I I think I have 16 or 15. Um, oh, so I've done pretty well. Um, and that's, you know, some of the ones that I'm not seeing, I, I'm thinking I might see in, you know, like a, a bronze final or something like that. So, um, I yeah, I, I did pretty well. So I am going to see Italy play Uruguay. And I think that's going to be a really fun game for one thing. I think that, that that's two teams that you would just want to watch play each other. And I definitely think that, that Uruguay could could pull a win there for, for sure as easily as Italy could beat you know France I think that Uruguay could beat Italy I think that there is there's so many moving parts across this whole tournament and while I don't necessarily think that Italy will beat France it wouldn't be like the most shocking result especially if you watched their game in this year's Six Nations so yeah I think that I think it's probably France and New Zealand going for first and Italy and Uruguay going for third um 
but those are really exciting matchups in themselves. Yeah, I agree. Um, and obviously that third place is important because that's your, your qualification sort of for the next World Cup. So for Uruguay, mm. that would be huge. Um, so to nail it down, like, I'm not going to dwell on Pule for too long because mm-hmm. it does feel like uh, it's written. How do you see that pool finishing? I think it's going to be France and then New Zealand. I think that France will get their win on the opening night. Um, Not even in terms of reading too much into opening games. Obviously, New Zealand got a bit humped by South Africa, which is funny. Um, But I, I think that New Zealand... I don't think that people should count New Zealand out of this tournament based on a warm-up game, like a performance like that. But I also think that France will take that opportunity to play New Zealand in a packed out Stade de France and run with it. Um, And I do think, I do see them getting their tournament off to the right start for them. Yeah, agreed. That's where I've gone. I've gone France top, New Zealand second, Italy third, Uruguay fourth, Namibia, Namibia. I did that, but I've done arrows um, where in every pool where I, I could just as easily see it finishing the other way, if that makes sense. So I have an yeah. arrow between Italy and Uruguay and an arrow between France and New Zealand. But if I yeah. have to pick, which I understand is the purpose of this as an entire thing that we're doing, I'm going to go for France and then New Zealand to move on you, to the quarterfinals in that order. I said about putting like it all on the line with this. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the thing that we've got to accept that there's so many hairline decisions. Also, it realistically, be... it doesn't matter if we get it wrong. Like we're not, you know, in charge. I mean, it absolutely does matter if we get it wrong. I. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but these are the easy ones because where it gets really difficult is later on we're going to pick um, like stars of the tournament in different places. And obviously, mm-hmm. the difference between getting to a final and crashing out in the in the group stage <laughs> or losing is fucking huge on that front. And so yeah. I picked mine before I put my pools in order, done my quarterfinals, and then went, oh, fuck, I need to rethink that answer <laughs> because that's clearly not going to happen now. So- I plotted, I, because I plotted the whole thing out, like quarterfinals, semifinals, whatever. Um, and I did it again from the knockout stages, like taking into account some of the arrows that I had to change teams around. And I ended up with the same winner. And funny enough, the same third place team, but a different losing finalist. Finalists. So, um, yeah, I, I think I, I think that, that made me feel better about my choice of winner. I was like, right, I've done it twice in different ways and they've won both times. So, See, I did it once and then in true me style thought I'll just waffle my way through. So, uh, there's going to be a lot of caveats there'll be as many caveats as there will tangents on this episode and we know we love it I'm really bad at and anyone who anyone who really knows me who's listening to this will will be laughing at this but I'm really bad at nailing down like if somebody asks me what's my favourite blank I will give them like four answers minimum yeah. I'm so so bad at nailing things down because I'm like yeah, but what about this and what about this and you know this is my favourite of these but this one is slightly different so that makes it my favourite in a different way so I find things like this really difficult. Yeah, same. Um, I can't even answer the question, what do you want for tea? (laughs) (laughs) Shall we move on then to a very, very exciting pool in terms of qualifications? The big one. The big one. B for big. (laughs) That's all we're going for. I'll try to think of a good one, but yeah, big and box. Um, (laughs) 
Pool B, we've got three huge teams in there in Ireland, Scotland, and South Africa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> First of all, what is it? What is a good tournament? Before we go through, what does a good tournament look like for Ireland? Because currently they sat on top of the world rankings. They're mm-hmm. Grand Slam champions. At what point does this World Cup become a good tournament? There is no sugarcoating the fact that if Ireland do not reach a semi-final, they have failed more than just in this tournament. They have failed over, you know, conservatively the last four years, but really further back than that. Um, they they need they they just need to get there. You cannot be the you know highest ranked team in the world, haven't lost a game for eighteen months, and not be in the final of the tournament. You know. Yeah, they like said with the way that they've developed and the way that they've competed over the past four years and the the things that they've put in place, it's all been building towards this. That that's always and everything. Everything that they have sacrificed for their system and their uh, their process and their sort of, you know, if a guy drops out, we plug a guy in and nothing will change. Leads up to a tournament like this. Everything that they have done, everything that they have pushed aside, all of the talent they have ignored, even the talent that they have let leave and go play elsewhere has been for this tournament. So if they're not lifting that trophy, it's they failed in that. And you've got to say that at the moment, like like that system or not, it's working in terms of results and especially and in terms of performance. When you look back to that COVID Cup, that happened in 2020 or 21 or whenever year that was. Like, you know, mm-hmm. The last years all blend into one. Now, 21, I think I would have been with it. So, 2020. 20, I think, yeah. And how poor the performances were. Like, remember watching that, the Georgia game, and just the island looked absolutely horrific in the first half. Yeah, and I do think that, um, you know, like you say, I don't have to agree with the process, and I really, really don't, but they are winning. And they need to keep doing that. Like, the, it, there's no point winning your games up until the tournament starts and then not winning the tournament. Everything that they have done has been to win this tournament. And I think I said last week, it, it's if not now, then when? Because I don't think that they will ever be set up better to win a tournament than they have set themselves up to win this one. I think that's completely fair. Um, and with that in mind... That being said, that I think they'll lose to South Africa. <laughs> I was going to say, realistically, how good is South Africa coming into this World Cup? I, again, don't necessarily think that they are as good as they looked in their warm-up games, but also they looked very, very good in their warm-up games. And so even if they are a little bit less good than that, they are still really playing very well at the moment. Um, And they're sort of... I feel like South Africa waned a little bit in terms of like the terrifying packs and the bomb squads and all of that they're not waning anymore in that regard (laughs) let's just say in terms of you know in their last warm-up game they put seven forwards on the bench and brought them all on at the same time and they've really benefited from and like look I'm not like I'm not saying it because he's a monster player but they have really benefited from RG Snayman coming back the way he has and in the form he has and you know they've added Jean Klein into their mix second row wise bomb squad wise Whatever they're doing is really working for them. Um, and I think that they are a terrifying prospect for any team in this tournament, but especially a team like Ireland who are so heavily made up of players who know that they can't beat those big heavy packs 
in big games when it matters. You know, we've all seen Leinster play La Rochelle. A massive one as well, getting Sia Khaleesi back so much earlier than they expected. because Getting him back and him having absolutely no sort of getting back up to speed. Yeah. Just came back and was just incredible straight away. Captain South Africa, just like straight in there. Absolutely amazing. The only place I think that South Africa are lacking and where it might cost them later in the tournament is at halfback. Yeah. Um, I think that Manny Leboc is very talented, but I'm not sure that he is your elite, you know, fly half when it matters. And so do we think that the first opportunity that South Africa get, they'll be parachuting Andre Pollard in? Look, I'm not saying that currently Jaden Henriksa is stood in a circle where there's a dotted line written around him and Felix Jones isn't running around with a giant saw underneath him just sawing the ground out so that he gets injured. But I'm also not saying that, that isn't happening. You know, I do think that they will be trying hard to get Hunter Pollard back into that squad somehow. And I mean, you can't make somebody get injured, but I, yeah, I feel like, I just feel like we'll see him. It's, it's South Africa. It's, you know, if anyone's going to do it, Razzie's going to do it. And if, if they do get Pollard back, that definitely changes things. But I don't think that it changes the likelihood of them getting out of this group, even without him. Yeah, I think that's fair. I'd, I had a wobble where I thought maybe this was that they could be sort of um, Ireland and Scotland, maybe the ones to qualify because both were in good form. But then South Africa, I think you're right. I don't think they're quite at the level that they looked at in those World Cup warm-up games. But I also think mm. they're a better quality than they were in the rugby championship. Not even though that they were bad in the rugby championship, they just weren't the spring box that we come that we know. Yeah, and I think they've kind of they're somewhere between those two levels. And that's a fucking scary place for him to be because I, I think we'll get better as the tournament goes on as well because they always fucking do, seemingly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've mentioned them. Scotland. Yeah. Did you do can it? Can they spoil the party? Oh. Can they? Yes, absolutely they can. Um, I think if they're going to do it, they will beat Ireland. Uh, like I'm going to say that now. I think that... While I don't think I would be surprised if they beat South Africa, if they're going to, you know, sort of surprise somebody to get out of that group, I think that it would be Ireland that they would catch. Sort of similarly, I suppose, to the way Japan did in the last World Cup. Um, it's a different circumstance and different, you know, squads. Ireland are certainly in a different place than they were then. But, yeah, oh, I know Japan that they also, can. Japan also caught out Scotland in that last World Cup. <laughs> yeah, they did. They did. Um, and, you know... Can Scotland do it? Yeah, absolutely. Will they is just a really different question. And, and that's the, the difficult, like I said this a few weeks ago, where I'm like, I can see Scotland get out of the group and you went in the place of who, whatever. And that's where I haven't worked out yet. <laughs> I, because I haven't, like even with Finn, like hyped up on fizzy laces and a third pint. I, I, can I've, they... I've said it, I've said it more than once that I don't think it's, outrageous to suggest that South Africa will beat Ireland and sort of beat them up in the process and Scotland will sort of catch them in that free fall. I really could see that happening. Um, If this World Cup is to go disastrously for Ireland, I could really see it happening that way. Um, You know, I don't, everything, everything that I said about Ireland is caveated by the fact that I don't know if I really believe that they're in the right place to win a World Cup in terms of 
just their mindset. I don't know if they think that they can do it. I know that they will all say that they do, but I don't really know if if they have that sort of extra, I don't know, that half percent that they need to win a tournament because, you know, they have no experience in doing that. They have no experience in, in World Cup semifinals. They have no experience of how to win those sort of games. So I I could see it. I really, really could. And I wouldn't be particularly surprised if it happened because Scotland have been absolutely singing in their warm-up games. And again, we talk about Ireland sort of building over the past four years, but Scotland done that fantastically well as well. Mm-hmm. Like you would never have considered four years ago having the conversation of can they beat the Springboks on Ireland. But I think we've been at the point where we go, okay, well, it's possible. Or at least they do one of the two. Yeah, I think that... Um... You, you certainly can't count them out in the way that even a year ago, everyone was like, yeah, well, it's New Zealand and France and South Africa and Ireland. Um, yeah. I don't think that's the case anymore. So Tonga, Romania making up the group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They'll want a third place. Is there any way that you can see them sneak in at either of them? I don't think so. I don't, I think, don't so. think so either. I don't I like, see it. As much as you... You want to see Tonga. They always get sort of lumped in with Samoa and Fiji just because it's easy for people because they're the Pacific Island nations. But mm-hmm. they kind of don't feel at the same standard. as. No, those I wouldn't say so Fiji. either. Um, obviously, they've, they've sprung a couple of surprises in the past, not least France being the, the big one. But I think didn't Scotland put 10 tries on them the last time they played. So Yeah, I just I just don't see it personally. Um, I mean, what, you know, everything that we say like if if the opposite did happen you just have to think like what a tournament it would be you know imagine if Tonga did beat like Ireland you know we saw last week last week when Ireland played Samoa that Ireland are not invincible Ireland are very very invincible coming into this World Cup I have to be honest and you could like I don't think it's going to happen but if it does what a tournament everything that everything that could happen would make this tournament better this is the thing as well. That we're all entering into this with our respective nations that, that we support. Yeah. But, but like almost everyone we know, is that's kind of a tier one nation. Mm-hmm. For the sport, if that nation doesn't qualify, that is huge for rugby. <laughs> like that's we, all what want, you want. we all want rugby to be the winner more than we want our country to be the winner. Yeah. We want our country to win, but also like so for the for terms of the sport. If those tier one teams are gathering headlines, even if it's for losing, or yeah. especially if it's for losing, that makes this like Japan Let's beating be South Africa. We want, we want our countries to win, but you support Wales and I support a team who don't win quarterfinals. So, you know, we need rugby to win because <laughs> realistically, neither of us are going to. If, if anything, I was really glad we lost to Fiji in 2007 because it was good for growing the game. So, um, <laughs> actually, no, you're sad about it. Um, <laughs> great advertising for car parks, you know, the multiple benefits of car parks. Well, don't book business rooms, you can sack people in car <laughs> parks now. There's no need to book a meeting room out. <laughs> um, what's your final prediction for Pool C? What order have you got the teams in? I have to back Ireland at least to this point. I have to, I can't, I can't, I like, you know. I can't say that I think Ireland are going to go out in the group stages. They're the best team in the world, for fuck's sake. So I'm going South Africa, Ireland, Scotland, Tonga, Romania. I've got exactly the same order. But I want to be very, very clear. 
that I do not think that Scotland are out of it. I just have to put an order on it because you can only pick one team in each place. Yeah, and and exactly the same. And I would love to see Scotland do it. So would would I, even if it was at the expense of Ireland. Obviously, I would be... I would be gutted to not see Ireland go further in this tournament. I didn't buy quarterfinal tickets and final tickets to see, you know, to not want to see Ireland there. But you can't deny how great it would be to see, a, you know, to see Scotland get out of that group in particular, that Ireland and South Africa group. Everybody's been talking about it. You know, they played each other last November and it was like, oh, this is going to, you know, decide potentially one of the World Cup finalists. It would be so great to see Scotland disrupt that and to sort of cause a mess in there like I would love to see that even if it does end up being at Ireland's expense yeah I think it'd be superb and obviously like for Scotland it would be a massive turnover because most of the team are like South Africa A anyway so <laughs> I, oh. Scotland's <laughs> I team is made up of South African and Irish players <laughs> yeah that's so weird isn't it? I love them really um <laughs> That, that's where I've gone as well, though. I've gone South Africa top, Ireland second. Obviously, those two are interchangeable. But Scotland, it does feel like they, they could upset the party. And especially after last time when they went out in the pool stages, they're going to want, really, really want to go. Not they wouldn't anyway. That's a ridiculous statement to make. But obviously, they want to prove that they're better mm. than that. And so I think it does add an extra layer of something onto them. They you know, you have to realise that four of the five teams in Pool B have a URC winning monster player playing for them. So really, whoever wins, I also win. <laughs> I, I didn't think there was any way you could have thrown out Munster winning the URC into this, but there we go. Well, their um, t- their players are all over this pool. South Africa have two of them. Scotland have one. Tonga has one. Ireland have, I don't know, three or four. Not even, nearly nearly as many as South Africa. But... I was going to say not as many as South Africa. <laughs> Um, I'm almost I'm I'm almost proud of you. I'm I'm really impressed that you managed to get the Munster thing in there. Really good. I'm never not going to root for those guys, even the two that don't play for Munster anymore, because two of those are not going to be Munster players next season. Um, I, I completely get that, and I'm, I'm the same though with like watching Ireland. Always wanting Tyg Burn to do well, mm. even though he's not been with us for quite some time now. He's just he, not that into you. He's he's he's, he's my boy. He's my boy. <laughs> um. So we'll move on to what I personally think is the most exciting pool, which I really don't want it to be because my team are in it. And it's mm. not the most exciting because they're there. It's the most exciting because they could potentially go out. <laughs> like, that's the only way for it. Yeah. How much of a catastrophe is it if Wales don't qualify? I know for you, not at all. You don't give a shit. But for <laughs> Wales, how much of a catastrophe is it if they go out? I mean, in the context of sort of recent performance, it's not. It's almost a sort of bonus if they do get out. In terms of Wales being, you know, a kick away from the last World Cup final and, you know, sort of proud rugby, blah, 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 blah. It, obviously, that's like, I, I don't know what you want. Like, they're, you know, I don't, it, like, proud, ru- the- proud rugby nation sounds really stupid, but they're Wales, you know what I mean? So it was like blah 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 blah. <laughs> obviously, you would automatically assume that what that Wales should be getting out of their pool in a World Cup. It's sort of bare minimum. But I I don't know. This pool is like Pool B if there was a sort of a a lower standard. Yeah, a few of the teams. It's weird because it's a like it's a lower standard without it being like a ridiculously lower standard. Well, 
it's not like you know there's five teams who are struggling in tier two all thrown in, which would be fun and you know. But they're not going to be like these are all teams who are good enough to beat tier one teams, mm-hmm. even though they don't always look like it this year. But they're good. <laughs> but they just like the the top two teams are out of form massively, and then the two yeah. teams who are just below them are massively in form. And it's the pool. It's the pool that has sort of benefited in a way, I suppose, and from a certainly from a like neutral watching it point of view from the sort of coaching chaos that happened sorry there's a hawk again um the, the <laughs> coaching chaos that happened at the end of last year has hit pool c harder than it's hit the other pools so i think that that has opened it up massively because so much has changed and there's so much uncertainty still there and people are talking about how the gap is closed between tier one and tier two and this group is like the epitome of that Mm-hmm. Like that—that's exactly what's going on in this pool. Although Wales have always struggled with Fiji anyway. The other Wales question I've got for you—I love Wales questions. How realistic is it that Wales don't finish in the top three? Oh, again, I don't think it's beyond the realms. I really don't. I—I I think that Wales will come good. <laughs> getting to this World Cup. It's very Wales of them and very sort of Gatland Wales of them to sort of like show up to a World Cup and just do what they need to do, I suppose. Um, But again, I wouldn't be surprised. I really wouldn't. There's so much, there's so many moving parts in this pool that I really, I wouldn't be surprised. I'd be as surprised to see Wales top it as I would to see them come forth. Uh, Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. I, I don't think that we've got that Gatlin factor, which means that you always feel like Wales can pull away out of the bag when they mm-hmm. even when they're the underdogs. Like it doesn't matter what's going on, it feels like Warren always, always pushes them up to that extra level. I know they have nicked that point in recent months. I know they have nicked well, that point. Well, that's the thing because if Wales show up and sort of beat Fiji at the gate and then beat Australia and blah blah blah, it's like okay, you know, Wales have shown up. They've done their Warren Gatlin World Cup thing. If Wales show up at this World Cup and lose all of their games, it's well, yeah, that keeps in touch perfectly with recent results, in which including they lost to England. Like, it, you know, it's <laughs> England it could really go twelve men. Exactly, it could really go either way. Wales are such a, I feel like a coin flip to decide. Do you like? It comes down to do you believe that they're gonna that they're gonna do like that they're gonna show up because. You know, if the answer to that question is yes, then, you know, you can see them getting to a semi-final or beyond. But if the answer to that question is no, you know, I think it's a step too far for Gatland. And I don't think that he has the players to do that. And the the belief that has been there in the past isn't there now. And then saying that they're going to go out in the group stages isn't a crazy thing to say at all. Yeah. And I say going out in the, the pool stages is... A toss of a coin because it, you've got Fiji in there who are looking very good and are a good team anyway. You've got Australia, a traditionally good team, going through a bad run of form, which is exactly where Wales are. And mm-hmm. so you think those two games are like on a knife edge. And so not qualifying is completely possible. I mean, you talk about teams who have waned, like Wales have literally waned, and then they brought in a guy named Wayne. And then two- <laughs> <laughs> um, we we talked about them not finishing in the, the top two 
which obviously Australia then come into the conversation as one of the ones who may. Do you think there's too much pressure on Carter Gordon going into this game as like or going into this tournament as the only 10 that they've realistically got? I don't think so. I don't think that he sees it like that. Um, I think that he was, I thought he was very good against France. Um, and I think that the more he plays, the more he realizes, oh yeah, like I am actually a good rugby player. And I, I think what it comes down to for me is I believe that Eddie Jones will come good more than I believe that Warren Gatland will. That's where I lie sort of with Wales and Australia. They're two very World Cup driven coaches. And I just think that Eddie Jones is like a half a step ahead, even in the sort of race between them to get out mm-hmm. of the group. And I think that for me, that's where it that's sort of where it stops. I think that Australia are just I believe in Australia more than I believe in Wales. <laughs> it's gone it's gone very Ted Lasso in you know. <laughs> um see I I don't know like I don't particularly but you have like, to believe in Wales like that's your your whole thing well, I I meant from a, a sort of a coaching point of view like, I don't particularly like either coach um I, do, I didn't like, say I, like I said believe no in. no no I, I, this was caveat in what I was about to say um but I feel like Gatland's the guy who manages to get the best performances out of players who are not performing or players who are not particularly good I think Eddie's obviously been there and done it but he's kind of come in with teams. I, even the England team he took over, which went out in the pools, that they weren't a bad team. He had a they very good group and... of players. Yeah. Um, was, but I think the of... problem with saying Warren Gatland has done that before is that all his fucking players retired. Yeah. but I, And I mean, like the turnaround from 2007 when Gareth Jenkins got sacked in the car park <laughs> to winning a Grand Slam like five months later... And I think the Welsh public kind of expect him to just be able to come in and do that again. And when we didn't perform in the Six Nations, it's like, well, everybody's up in arms. And you know, well, you know, there's only so much you can do with the resources that he's got. And I think that's the biggest issue. And I, I do feel a little bit like Pivak suffered from that. Like Pivak had his setup and what he wanted to do, but he didn't really have the players to fit into that mould. Mm-hmm. And now Gatlin's coming in there and doing it the other way around where he's going, right, these are the players that I've actually got. I've got to try and find something that works with these players rather than the other way around. I think he's going to do it. I think he's... He, I think the problem with... Or not the problem, like the thing with Gatland is he doesn't give a shit about how entertaining it is or what he's got to do. Yeah. He'll just get wins. And I think... I had a conversation with somebody earlier today with Johnny uh, from the Scottish Rugby Pod who talked about the, the prospect of a, a Wales-Argentina game, saying that's going to be the most boring game I can think of. And it's probably right, because that's exactly what Wales will do. They will bore the shit off people to try and get a win. And we've seen it with the, with Springboks games especially, where they'll just kick fuck out of the ball. But it works. And I think Gatlin's kind of... His big issue is still, he is missing Sean Edwards. Because you mm-hmm. need that, and there's nothing to get a performance out of players like the thought of a very angry man from Wigan waiting in the dressing room to randomly headbutt people, and so <laughs> he is missing him. Um, on the other side, then of the the three, how far can Fiji realistically go in this World Cup? I, I mean, spoilers for later on, but um. All the way, like I, I don't, oh, sky's the limit for Fiji, man. I just think that 
I think at this point we should pause to talk about Fiji versus England because obviously we didn't do a sort of a roundup of last week's yep. um, warm-up games and Fiji did win in Twickenham in their last warm-up game and look we're going to come on to Pool D and I know that England are heinous right they are so bad but England's <laughs> England's biggest strength is bullying teams who are quote-unquote weaker than them, even when those teams deserve to win. We've seen it happen so many times in Italy-England games. And they weren't able to do that to Fiji. They were beaten out the gate by a better rugby team than them. And, you know, Fiji sort of, all of the stereotypes that were there surrounding Fiji and that, you know, if you can trick them into playing un-Fijian, you know, you've got them. I don't know how much they ever existed, but they definitely don't exist now. Like Fiji don't play, Fiji don't only have that. They do still have that, but they don't only have that. And I think that they are, I think a lot of people are going to underrate them throughout this tournament. And I think that they will find out pretty fucking quickly that that is a dangerous thing to do. Yeah. And like they've gone into previous World Cups, um, and not quite looked ready. Yeah, so two, I think they looked ready for this one. Yeah, 2011 was so, like, there was so much going on in the background that they, they just didn't perform at all. Then 2015, again, they had the horrible group where they had Wales, England, and Australia in a group with them, which is never going to be fucking easy. No. Last World Cup, they ended up losing to Uruguay. And I think that might have been like a bit of a wake-up call as well. Everything off the field seems more settled now. Everything seems more comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I think... Even though Australia, they've had a new coach come in more recently than Wales, England and Australia have. You know, you wouldn't think that they were as unsettled as those teams have been coaching-wise. But it it it's clicked so much better for them. And they seem in, in such a good space coming into this tournament. You know, you can't underestimate how important it's been to have their players playing in the Drua and to have them getting that regular Super Rugby game time and to have them getting that game time together. And, of course, you have the likes of of Sammy Radrada and, you know, these players coming in who are just stars. Like, there's no other way of putting it than they, they are just stars. And they're all playing really, really well. And, yeah, I mean, I guess you're going to ask me to to sort of list them one to five. Like, I think Fiji are going to win this group. I think they're going to top it. Um, they do look more rounded as well. I said, like you said, they've always had those sort of those flayback players, those good runners, those players who are able to do things. But they do look more rounded in the other aspects of their game. And for that reason, I've gone top in this group as well. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I do think they're going to win. And maybe it's just I don't know what's heart and what's head, and I don't know what's like. Oh, wouldn't it be amazing for Fiji to finally <laughs> do what we've all wanted Fiji to do for mm-hmm. all these years and and be like the team performing. At the World Cup, I like we forget how small a nation it is to be regularly competing on this level. Anyway, yeah, it's nuts. Like, as a Welshman, we talk about oh well, we're only a little nation, so the fact that we compete at this level at rugby or football or singing or cooking or whatever the fuck we do it at, like we always <laughs> talk about how small we are. Well, like think how small these guys are, and they regularly do it. And I would love mm. to see them have a good tournament. I really hope it's not at our expense, but I wouldn't be surprised if it is. And I've got the top of the group. As well, I think the thing is with Fiji beating England, like again, you can't read too much into warm up games, and it's very dangerous to sort of take warm up games as Bible. Yeah, but regardless of the fact that it's a warm up game, that was Fiji beating pretty much a full strength England team in Twickenham. And if they can do that, 
I don't know why they would be scared of Wales or Australia. I really don't. I that's I don't think they've ever really approached a game scared anyway, and that's what that's what ruins. No, but like. I think that I think that thinking you can do it and knowing that you can because you literally just did are very different places for a team to be in. And that's I, I don't. Thing. I don't think that we should just not talk about Georgia and Portugal either. because I, I was going to say, that, we've not really yeah. touched on anyone outside the top three in the other pools, and there's kind of a good reason for that. Like we've seen. But Georgia are more than capable of pissing on the parade of all those three as well. As are Portugal. I was going to say, well, come to Portugal. I look, I know you're chomping at the bit to talk about Portugal. I know this is... <laughs> Uh, but like Georgia have been there now, they've beaten Wales, they've beaten Fiji in the past, they've proven that they can beat other teams in this pool. They had, you know, they were winning against Scotland at halftime last weekend. Yeah. Um, so we talked about that confidence that you take into a pool when you know you can beat teams. Georgia, for the first time, are going into a tournament where they have that. Yeah. Do you think? They can realistically qualify. I, I, <laughs> I think I think fucking anything could happen in Pool C. To be honest, I really do. I I can't. For everything that I say, no, I don't think this is going to happen. Or yes, I do think this is going to happen. You know, you could say, but what about the opposite? And I'd be like, yeah, fair play. Like that's probably going to happen. Yeah, like it's 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 the most carnage world cup pool i feel like we've ever had because in yep. 2015 you know people thought it was just going to be australia and england yeah like it wasn't you know we weren't coming into it with like oh but you know they're all sort of playing badly so who knows like it was very much going to be australia and england and wales it was going to be you know tough shit like you were you were playing well enough to get out of a group but you're in a group with australia and england so goodbye and you know Likewise, you know, South Africa and Japan, Italy, uh, um, Fiji and Uruguay. Like these these things happen and they're sort of upsets. I don't think there's any game in Pool C that's an upset. I am going to say that I think Portugal winning any game is going to be an upset. And I know they've gone into a good form. The thing, uh, like I said, Georgia have proven, I think they'll, they'll expect a win against Portugal but they'll fancy them to take one scalp. I can't see them winning any more than two games, if I'm completely honest. Yeah. If they win two games, though, I think that's a massive result for them and could secure a third place, which yeah, would Yeah, I was going to say that could see them finish in third. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Although they do piss the second-tier European rugby <laughs> jumpers there every year anyway, so I don't think they'll be that scared about qualifying for the next World Cup. But... You know they could they could sneak that third place spot, which would be massive for them. It'd be absolutely huge. Mm -hmm. I know you're gonna dispute it because I am writing off Portugal. Yeah, I'll, I'll go on. I'll let you. I'll let you have your your moment in the sun. Look, I said before that I wouldn't be surprised if they beat Wales. Um, I and I stand by that. I don't think that they will be winless. I I could I could see them also winning two games. I really could. I could see them beating Georgia and Wales and. I just don't think that they, you know, they had to sort of take, they were very unlucky to not get into this tournament. Um, autom not automatically, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. they, they lost, they lost they very narrowly. To, did they draw with Spain or they lost very, very narrowly or they, Spain came from behind. I don't remember exactly, yeah. but they were, they were very, very close to not having to do the whole Spain get disqualified 
So Romania takes Spain's place and Portugal take Romania's place in the Repsharge tournament. Like that, you know, that is the path that they did take to get here. And they did, you know, they they did win that Repsharge tournament to get into this World Cup. But it was very close to them not having to do that. You know, you sort of forget that they they were they almost qualified ahead of Romania. They were very, very close. So yeah. I just I don't think that they now that they've gotten there, um, I don't think that they will let it go by without having their say. I really don't. I really do not see them winning no games. I, I would be very surprised if they won no games. See, I I think they're gonna win no games. I know they're gonna mm-hmm. this in really good for I Oh, that's not to say I don't think they can beat Georgia. I don't think they can beat the top three in the pool. I don't think they've got it there yet. I think this is like the foundation stone being put in place. Like mm-hmm. a win at this World Cup would be massive because it gets mm-hmm. that interest in the rugby. It gets that, and this is going to be huge because again, it's a financial boost and, and all rugby nations need it. So to be on the grander stage of all, you know, don't would... forget that this is a country who scored a try against New Zealand when they were all amateur players. Those are oh, New I'm... Zealand All Blacks. I'm not taking that away from you, you know. So I'm saying, I'd like, I, I think if they can go into all four games and be competitive, even like that's massive. That is huge. I think I that do. they could really come out and punch whales in the mouth. I really, really do. I, I, I don't. I, and I know really they're on a good do. like. They, they've got seven wins from their last ten games. So like you know, form wise, they're going into this looking fantastic. But we have one of the only one of those games is against a team who've qualified for this World Cup. And I know a lot of that comes down to opportunity as well because they haven't really played mm-hmm. many games. Out there, but I just can't see it. I really can't. You know, I, I say if it happens, it happens. As we know, I've literally put skin on the line for this because, as I've said, if, if Portugal beat one of those top three teams, I will. I'll get a tattoo of. Yeah. I, I mean, they're all robots. I I get a tattoo of a wolf. I'll put that on me, <laughs> and then, or maybe we'll we'll come up with some designs and we'll put it to people who listen and they can decide what one they want me to have and as mental as it is they have already got a tattoo artist who's willing to do it so like <laughs> i i genuinely mean it. i can't see it happening but if that does happen i will bow down to to that and then and, and i will also admit that i was wrong to you on the podcast which i think is even bigger for you <laughs> i can't see it happening so we already know who we've got at the top of the pool i think it's quite easy to work out who i've got at the bottom <laughs> Do you want to run through your one to five of Pool C and who's going to finish where? Fiji, Australia, Wales, Portugal, Georgia. Oof. Um, I've gone Fiji to top the group. I've gone for Wales in second. I've gone for Australia in third, Georgia fourth, Portugal fifth. Again, it's it, it's hairline stuff like between them. I don't think Wales are going to go You could just as easily see that, say to me that this pool is going to end like Wales, Fiji, Portugal, Australia, Georgia, and I'd be like, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> well, like, I, I, it's, I the, it's the maddest pool. You could literally just put those five names in a hat and shake them up and pick them out at random, yeah. and I'd be like, yeah, that makes perfect sense as an order for them to finish in. Uh, well, I... Um... I'd like to say, I'd like, I tried to put logic. My, my thing for me is the Carter-Gordon thing. Mm-hmm. As good as a player as he is balling hand and as good as a player as he is kicking out of hand, I don't know how good he is off the tee. And I yeah. think that may be the difference in the Wales game. I think Wales will just look to kick everything that's kickable. 
And I won't be surprised if half Penny plays in bigger, they just kick everything. Just anything. I mean, like, I could see Wales sort of beating Australia and losing to Portugal. Like, I really do think that this pool is that mad that I like that if Wales come out and beat Fiji first up, I don't think that means that they're qualified by any stretch. No, not at all. I, and, and by the same token, whoever, whoever loses that game doesn't mean that they're out. Right? No, I think that this pool more than any will come down right to the last games. I'm ex- insanely excited for this pool and not because my team is in it. That's the <laughs> thing that I don't like. I You'd really... almost rather your team weren't in it. Oh, if they could take us out and put England in there and we'll go in that pool, fucking great. Like, I'm all for that. <laughs> I, if they offer me that now, I'm taking it. I mm. mean, I don't know who would offer it and why they would offer it to me. That would be really strange. <laughs> but yeah, I'd I, I love to swap places with England. Um, shall we move on then to pool D? Let's talk um, about England. Let's... <laughs> Um, before we talk about England, I'm going to talk about Argentina. Mm-hmm. Are the Pumas now the favourites for this group? Yeah, I think so. I think they have I, to I be. think so too. Like, without, again, without giving away places. like I don't I, think I, that England have the Wales and Australia. Well, no, not that I don't think. England don't have the Wales and Australia thing of having a coach who will come good for them when the World Cup starts. I don't think that England are going to come good when the World Cup starts. I don't think that they are magically going to beat Argentina, you know, this weekend. I, I, I just really don't see it. England have gone kind of the opposite way to the way Wales have gone with a like, last-minute change of coach as well. England mm-hmm. and Wales both panicked. And Wales went, this guy doesn't have much experience and has only had a couple of good seasons at club level. Let's take him out for a guy that we know gets results internationally when the, when the pressure's on. And England went... We're not playing very well, but this guy was good at getting results internationally when the pressure's on. Let's fuck him off and bring in a guy who's had a couple <laughs> of good things. And don't get me like Borswick seems like a very good coach, seems like a really good guy, was an excellent player at the top level. There's definitely something absolutely fucking fettered and rotten in that England camp at the moment, though. Like, there is it's so much wrongness in there. You can just tell by the way they're all talking about it. They all fucking hate being there. Yeah. And there was kind of a similar feeling in the last World Cup with Eddie, where they, the player pressure sort of came out. But not the same sort of feeling of unhappiness, just the feeling of the sort of the players feeling their feet a little bit. Like, they, it kind of feels like they feel like they're in charge always. I think in 2019, it looked like they were a little bit frustrated. I don't think they were unhappy. I think they were a little bit frustrated. Yeah. And then they got to the final and they were like, oh, it's actually fine. And I think that that gave them, a, that gave Eddie a good bit more rope in terms of, you know, look at what I can do if yeah. you let me do it. And then he was doing it again. He was literally doing the same thing again as he <laughs> did before 2019. And they were like, no, we don't like this anymore. And yeah, it just, you know, Borthwick came out after that Fiji game and was like, yeah, well, everybody in the squad really likes each other and we're all really happy and everybody's just having a really nice time. And like, nobody asked him that. The um... I just think that, I, yeah, I just I think there's something weird going on there. I don't think that they are in a good place. I, we had a conversation before and I said that it kind of feels like France in, in 2011 who went into the really not wanting to leave him on in charge, didn't mm-hmm. like him. And eventually the the, the, the rumours from the encounters that it's pretty much like a player revolt and they went, right, we just do what we want to do. And then yeah. went and did it. And you feel like England are kind of in that place, but are too English to have a revolt. Like, yeah, I don't think not, that they will do that. Yeah, it's not going to happen. It's far too... It's, it's not becoming of a British person to revolt. <laughs> So it's going to carry on being unhappy and talking about him behind his back because that's what a gentleman does. 
Like that's... They're just going to put <laughs> passive aggressive statuses on Facebook and and just get on with it. Um, I looked at form. I did put this on Twitter this week, but we looked at form um, and the form that teams are taking into a World Cup. So when you look at, say... England Pro don't B, have any. Nope. When you look at Pro <laughs> B, there's, there's, of the last 10 games, uh, they're taking 10 games each, obviously. So they, they're taking 33 mm -hmm. wins from those 50 games. Um, 28 of those against top-tier teams, like Tier 1... Uh, sorry, against teams who've also qualified for the World Cup. And then the top three themselves are taking 24 wins from the uh, 30 games between them. Pool D, when you look at that, they've got 17 wins out of the whole, all five teams have won just 17 of their last 10 games. Well. 14 of those against teams who have qualified for the World Cup. And then the top three have just six wins to their names. And you can take one off that if you only look at World Cup teams as well, because Argentina's last win came against Spain. So England have won three of their last 10, including that really weird shit game against Wales. Mm-hmm. Argentina have three wins, but I say one of those is against Spain. Japan have one win to their name in the past 10 games. The only team coming into this with any sort of form is Samoa. Samoa England, have won 17. England, 17. Sorry, England losing, um, England winning, sorry, however many of their last 10 games. Surely some of those wins came under Eddie Jones. Uh, I don't know. Or I think they would have just left them behind. I think, I think it, Has last he played game, 10 games? Well, he would have had five in the, the Six Nations, wouldn't he? And then and what? Then Three warm-up games? Four warm-up warm games. games. Maybe the last one, which was an Argentine. Okay, okay. okay. So, um, yeah. I mean, and what you've really got to discount is that two of those wins were against Wales. Yeah. And, and it, they the other did one just... One of them would have been against Italy, yeah. So that's really bad for like, Yeah. <laughs> it's really bad. I, yeah, I think, I think, you know... Respectfully, beating Wales doesn't really count, well, and England we, England beating Italy also doesn't really count, which really yeah. means that England have won zero of their last ten games. When you actually think about it, so Argentina coming into this with three wins, which includes Spain, somehow feels better because and they pushed the Springboks close, but they lost. By I think a point. you look at yeah, I think you look at the standard of opposition in a way, I suppose, in that Argentina were playing South Africa and New Zealand, and I know that England played Ireland and France, but. They also played Wales twice. Yeah. And let's say so, Argentina's wins, one of those comes against Australia. Yeah, exactly. So, Samoa. yeah, I just think that, like you say about Samoa, um, they fucking pulled Ireland close in that warm-up game. Again, I know it's a warm-up game, but they, you know, arguably were unlucky to, um, to not have that scalp against Ireland. And, yeah, I think, again... This pool for me is feels like the greyest. Um, and I don't mean that in like a, you know, anyone can qualify way. I just mean it feels very sort of authoritarian and um, you know, army style. I don't know what like it just it just feels it just not boring. Boring is not the right word because there are no boring groups in this World Cup, but it just feels the most unhappy, I think. Yeah, no one's going in there with any sort of form. No one's going in here with any so well, it's not even more. Chile are the only team in it that you really want to watch. Like it's it's yeah, it ah, uh, I don't know. Full D just <laughs> so Samoa, like we talked about that form, seven mm -hmm. wins. They're all against teams who were also in the World Cup. Um 
what are they capable of, do we think? No, where do you think they've got to? Like, what are they capable of? I mean, I think that anybody who watched the England-Fiji game and the Ireland-Samoa game and doesn't think that Samoa can beat England are lying to themselves. Yeah. Um, I think that they are 100% capable. And I think, and not to lump Fiji and Samoa in together because they are different teams who play in very different ways, but to, you know, sort of historically teams like Fiji, Samoa, Italy, you know, teams like that are the teams that England beat no matter what form they're in. And to see one of the other teams in that sort of group actually go and beat England will, I think, have been huge for Samoa as well, just in terms of their confidence and in terms of if Fiji can beat England, then we can also beat England. And we talked about the sort of that roundedness of Fiji, and I say, I don't want to fall into that trap of thing, but we're also seeing in that World Cup World Cup game that Samoa have sorted out their issues sort of in the pack as well. They look pretty solid at a set piece, which maybe has been their downfall in the past. Like you always know you're going to get a big physical game in the open. But mm-hmm. maybe when it got tight, they, well, that that seems to have gone a little bit. Looking at the, the warm up games and looking at their form, it looks like actually they can compete when yeah. things get a bit gritty as well. They so really that, fucking rattled Ireland like properly, yeah. properly. Not even in a way of like you know it was a close game, but Ireland were always going to win. Like no, arguably Ireland stole that result from Samoa. Like they really, really did rattle them and. I see no reason why they couldn't beat England. I really don't. I don't think. I don't even really think it would be that surprising. No. Um, now that I'm old enough to remember when this would have been a ridiculous question. Mm-hmm. That was a ridiculous question from the other perspective. But do we think Japan have a realistic chance of qualifying out of this group? No, I don't think so. Isn't this straight like? I'd say I'm old enough to remember sort of, and I'd say like Japan 95 getting hammered by the All Blacks. Like it, it was an awful thing to have mm-hmm. to watch. And you really felt sorry for them. And then we went full circle and we went to them beating the Springboks and then them beating Ireland and Scotland. Sorry for bringing it up again. Beating <laughs> Ireland and Scotland at home the last time out. And so mm-hmm. it kind of felt like a change coming into Japan and suddenly they were a competitive nation. And then in the last four years, they've completely gone off a cliff. I think that they are more likely to finish bottom of this group than they are to finish third. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to disagree as as, the, as that is. I don't think they will finish bottom because Chile... Neither do I. Neither do I in what I've called here. But I also would not be surprised to... Again, I'm going to Chile versus Japan. Um I don't think I would be surprised to see Chile win that game. I really wouldn't. I, like Japan, for me, are sort of have really gone off a cliff. I feel like yeah. since twenty nineteen. And but this is the, the thing, and we've learned from World Cup sort of now more than ever, really, that anyone's capable of sucker punching someone mm-hmm. and absolutely catch them off guard. And like I said, teams are coming into this in form in their own way. And we had like we talked about Portugal last time. They come into form. They coming in in form where it's coming in form against those top teams. And this rugby's issue, like rugby's problem at the moment is the gap between tier one and tier two isn't in what they're doing. It's that that bridge is never, that gap is never bridged. Like yeah. Georgia, they are lucky they get a couple of games now against tier one teams. Fiji are lucky and maybe some of they'll get a couple of games against tier one teams. Mm-hmm. And otherwise, like no one else really gets the chance. 
And yeah. so that's where we, we rugby really struggles with that knocking down the door and going, well, these teams will actually be better if you give them the opportunity to compete against the best teams. And I think that's going to be Chile's downfall a little bit as well, because we see that they can play good rugby. They see that they're exciting as fuck when they give them a chance to be, you know, ball in hand. They're, they're mm. a really exciting team to watch. And like you said, that Japan going in on such terrible form while Chile carries that good form in. We could see that. We could see, uh, well, actually, they're going to sneak this and, and take a victory. Again, love to see it because we'd love to see any of those lower teams. I mean, I'd love to see them beat, beat England or Argentina. I'm not going to see that. <laughs> but I'd love to see it. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm in the same boat. I can't see Japan qualifying. I can see Chile giving them a good game. I think they're probably just a little bit too strong for Chile and they've got enough old heads and experienced players in there to, to get them through if it does become a bit of a difficult game. But mm-hmm. um, And then you can't write off Japan suddenly turning up and scalping someone. So with that in mind, let's have your final standings for Pool D. Argentina, Samoa, England, Chile, Japan. Oh! <laughs> You've gone there. Oh, I can't believe I, I put mine in and I took it back out and I thought I'm just being too Welsh. I'm being too Welsh and that's why I've not got them qualifying. Uh, I think yeah. you have to believe in fun and you have to believe in whimsy and what is more whimsical than England getting knocked out of the pool stages again. You like the anti-Gav um, <laughs> for a friend of the bar, Gavin Thomas, who will come on and be utterly anything that's not fun he'll uh, go for. <laughs> Um, I've gone Argentina, England, Samoa, Japan, Chile. Okay. Um, I much, I much prefer yours. <laughs> I much prefer yours as well because you've got an epic quarterfinal, uh, which we'll come to next if that's the final standing. But yeah, I, I think England, as poor as they are, I think they will just sneak in. Yeah, uh, I think, I think you're probably right. Boringly enough, I think you're probably right, but also. Oh, hope you are i'd love to i am not putting any <laughs> any part of my body on the line for this one i can tell you that <laughs> and i would love for you to be right and the only reason i don't want you to be right is because i love kevin sinfield and i don't mm-hmm. want him to shoulder any blame for england going out or realistically is a group that they should qualify easily from yeah oh yeah absolutely if this was the draw four years ago and you would say, okay, well, England's got the easy draw again. That's them straight through. Even one year ago, like up until the <laughs> up, up until the point that they like sacked Eddie Jones for no reason, it was like England are sort of dead certs to top that group. They might play like fucking awful rugby while they do it, but there's no way that they don't top that group. And now it's like I'm not, I I'm not even having them qualify for the quarterfinals. The the reason that Eddie Jones got sacked is for the same reason that. Welsh fans and Irish fans and Scottish fans get pissed off every World Cup and every Six Nations. And it's because of the arrogance of the English press. Because that's why Eddie Jones has gone. Eddie Jones has been sacked because the English press were like, well, we're much better than these results. We Look at the, look how amazing our players are. We should be doing better than this against these, these lesser nations like Ireland and Wales. Why are, we, why are we not doing better? And that's why Eddie Jones got sacked, is because the, the English media is so fucking arrogant. And that's what I think as well, sometimes you when the conversations are about English arrogance, it's not England that are arrogant themselves. And we've talked about this on the podcast before. It, it's the English press. Yeah. Like that's where it comes from. It's this, the pundits, it's the presenters, less of the pundits even except for some. 
But it's the presenters, it's the newspapers, it's the TV channels. That's where the arrogance is. No one thinks that the, the players on the pitch are that arrogant. Again, maybe given one or two. But that and that's what's cost Eddie his job. And it, I think as well, because of him being an outsider, because he was an Australian and not, not a, like that's gone against him a little bit as well. And it could end yeah, up costing England. So. It, it would be absolutely fucking hilarious if it does. I, I We are going to struggle to record a podcast <laughs> England lose that game because I am going to plan on laughing for a fortnight straight. So we'll do a quick run through of our final standings. Um, I've got qualifying uh, France and New Zealand from Pool A, South Africa and Ireland from Pool B, Fiji and Wales from Pool C, and Argentina and England from Pool D. Yeah. And I have also gone France and New Zealand. I've also gone South Africa and Ireland. I then go for Fiji and Australia and Argentina and Samoa from Pool D then. Even though yours has Wales going out, I'm much <laughs> So what we'll do is we'll end that year. Mm-hmm. And then next week, we'll run through how we think those knockout stages are going to go. And we'll ask a few questions in between as well, just for the sake of it. Why not? It wouldn't, be us, if, it wouldn't be us if we didn't talk about a Royal Rumble at some point. Exactly. We love a Royal Rumble on you. That's going to be so excited. I can't wait. Um, I think Survivor Series may happen midway through this World Cup tournament. So perhaps we'll throw a question in there somewhere. I started watching old series of Takeshi's Castle on YouTube the other day with my dad. And I have never had more fun than I did the evening I watched like seven episodes of Takeshi's Castle before I went to bed. Takeshi's Castle is coming back. Oh, yeah, no, I know, but I'm not interested in that. I was watching, like, the good old days with Craig Charles where it was, like, actually, you know, people probably died. Like, it was <laughs> just so much better. I'm willing to give the new one a chance, but I wanted... I, I was talking, because I was talking about a story that from when I was younger that involved Takeshi's Castle, and then I thought, oh, I wonder, is can you stream old episodes of Takeshi's Castle? And I found them on YouTube, and I had a fucking whale of a time. Um... The only thing I'm excited for for the new one is Romesh and Tom Davis is presenting it as well. Fair. The promise yeah. to be good. But no great Charles, though. But what I want is <laughs> um, lots of madness and no winners. I have to say, some of it is quite racist. Oh, I, yeah, I imagine so. <laughs> Yeah. Quite racist. Yeah, it's surprising now when you watch things back. Now you're like, e, um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, Craig Charles would have been right at home in the 2019 World Cup dojo. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all that's left for this week <laughs> is to say my thank you. So thank you as always, Patricia. Thank you. I usually saw a funny thank you in you, and I, um. Thank you. Thank for, you to England for going out in the group stages. I, I was going to say thank you to the English press for fucking up the World Cup. <laughs> and of course, thanks to you for listening. Cheers, all. Bye. You've been listening to Rock and Roll. If you stuck with us this far, leave us a review. Follow us, not just you, but on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And drop us a message. You're a pretty friendly bunch. It'll be great to hear from you no matter what you want to say. And we'll see you next time. Thanks very much for listening. Bye for now.
and then I'm gonna have to do another introduction. Yeah. I'm not doing it in French. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.